Welcome to the show, folks. This is Wrestling Changed My Life. Here we go. Born in Armenia, you do you do some kind of a combat sport, wrestling, judo, boxing, sambo. That's just the culture of it. We can endure anything and adapt and pivot and change. Wrestling gave us that ability. I would say nothing in life has impacted me more than the things wrestling has taught me in terms of self-reflection, resilience. Toughness. Some guys have it, some guys don't. Adversity, 100%. How to pick myself up and be a man after I failed. And everything that has shaped my life and where I'm at today would not be there without the values and basically the, the lessons I've learned through the sport of wrestling. For me, wrestling saved my life because it, it allowed me to focus and channel my energy. We're fortunate if you wrestled because if you wrestled, natural talent helps, but it's, it's 5% of the ingredient. It pales in comparison to heart and technique and effort. It humbled me, taught me humility. Nothing can hit, humble you more than wrestling. I think it's the learning to adapt, right? You learn, you learn how to adapt, you learn how to solve problems. You know, if I look back at my time I spent wrestling, if it gave me one thing more than anything else, it's mental toughness. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to the Wrestling Change My Life podcast. This is your host, Ryan Warner. Our guest today is the pride of Armenia, Arsen Alexian. Back when he was 14, he was on the cadet national team for Team Armenia, and then he moved to California without speaking a lick of English. He placed at the California State Tournament and then went on to wrestle at Michigan State. Go Sparty! And today he's a director of events for New Way, a wrestling organization that's putting on youth tournaments all throughout the country. Check them out. Fan of the week, ladies and gentlemen, goes to, got it right here, my man Nick Pape. That's Alicious on Instagram. Thank you for the love, my friend. Greatly appreciate it. Hope you have a great Christmas. Folks, if you want to support the show, please go to WrestlingChangeMyLife.com to see past episodes, or you can visit our online store at store wrestlingchangemylife.com that's it let's get to the interview with arson alexion arson welcome to the show my friend how are you i'm doing well thank you good to be here honor to have you we're going to talk about a lot of topics today but let's go chronological to start take me back to armenia i heard that as a young boy all the men around you had cauliflower ears and that's kind of how you got started you know what was it like growing up in armenia for you yeah, my dad wrestled. My uh, all his friends wrestled. Basically, you born in Armenia, you do you do some kind of a combat sport: wrestling, judo, boxing, sambo. That's just the culture of it. So, I didn't I didn't know any different. You know, that's all, all all I wanted to do. That's all the kids on the streets wanted to do. How big is Stefan Sarkeesian in the Armenian cultures? Oh, he's he's as big as you get. He had a there's a big tournament after him in Armenia, and I took about ten years ago. I took some of the guys on the U.S. national team over there for a tournament, and that was a fun experience getting to translate for them, helping them coach on the mat. So it was a fun experience. People just love wrestling, and me as an Armenian taking a group of Americans there, we were treated really well. They treated, uh, especially wrestlers, American wrestlers, they, they won more tourism. So they treated us really well. We had a royal treatment there. Well, I know who I'm going to Armenia with. <laughs> there you go. Anytime. 
Do they time. have the, uh, so you had a, a big background in Greco wrestling, correct? Yep. Yeah. So in Armenia, you pick one style of wrestling. So the, the wrestling, it's not done in high schools. It's not done in colleges. It's done through clubs. So you either go freestyle or you go Greco. And at that time, being a club coach, it's a really good job. You're basically getting paid by the government. So the coaches that you start with, they're the same coaches that coach you all the way to, to Olympics if you, know, you make it to that level. So the club I went to for Greco, there was five world champions and two Olympic medalists in a, small, in a small club in Armenia. So that same coach that coached the world champions coaches the kids for class in the mornings or in the afternoons. And that's just how kind of the cycle is. You stay in the same club and you grow with the same coach. So it's not... You don't go to school and have a dad that's, you know, never wrestled before, but loves the sport, wants to help out, jumps in there and helps out and, and coaches a team. You, you start with an amazing coaching right away. And so just for a, a I want to dive into this specifically, but just as a level set, how big is Armenia? Like, is it the size of Illinois or smaller we than have, that? Uh, we have three, our population is three million people. So tiny, 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 tiny country. country. Yep. Okay. Yeah, so very small. country of three million there's wrestling clubs throughout the country, and these are government-sponsored clubs, you said? Yep, government-sponsored clubs. So government pays. And same thing with any of the republics in you know, Russia. Um, uh, Azerbaijan. Azerbaijan, yeah. yeah. Any of the republics over there, they do the same thing. So it's a government-sponsored club. The coaches, the government pays for the facility. Government pays the coaches. You know, it doesn't cost the students any money to go practice there. So that same system just carries on. And so what is, as a young wrestler, and I've had um, I've had Nazar Kolchinsky on, I've had some other folks who grew up in the republics and then um, you know, migrated over in high school, exactly mm-hmm. like you did. But I- I'm curious, in Armenia, tell me, tell me about the, uh, from the eight-year-old group, to, like eight-year-old through high school, how mm-hmm. often are you competing? How often are you training? Take us inside that that school well, you know, we didn't have a lot of tournaments you know for especially for age group kind of like what we're doing with new way we weren't fortunate enough to have as many tournaments so you wrestle maybe three tournaments a year so i think it's changed now but at that time you just don't have a lot of competition wrestling there and the practices were about two hours and we had three workouts a week so it wasn't it wasn't so intense it just they did a lot of uh uh, acrobatic stuff we did a lot of flips you know all kinds of stuff we just drilled a lot you know we'd, we'd have we drilled one move for whole practice over and over again over and over again you know there's a lot of concentrating on technique you just pick up one technique a day really get good at that and then next day another move you know the next day another move we just but a lot on technique over and over again it's interesting because sometimes you hear that the wrestlers in Dagestan or Ossetia, they don't drill that much. It's more play wrestling. Um, so is that more so maybe they're older when they're doing that, but you guys I think maybe when they're older, yeah, they get, they, you get in your groove and you, yeah, you take shots. It's kind of like not full on wrestling, but almost not drill match. Cause you just, you go with the field, but after this is after you develop a lot of technique yeah. after, but uh, you know, and I've seen some of the guys making the world team, the way they train when they need to work on a specific technique, they're drilling a lot of it. They're, but that's part of their warm up is they'll start warming up like that, you know, just doing a little technique, drill match, kind of just keep getting, get a feel for it. You know, if something works for you, 
then that's what you're going to concentrate on. Not this is the way it's doing it. If, hey, if the move works for you, then keep doing it. But you, so even, uh, but only three days a week though on the mat as a kid. Were you in the yeah. in the room doing other things, or only you only came three days a week? No, I just came three days a week, and then the other days, uh, we'd be outside with my dad and a bunch of my friends, and we'd see a kid about my size, like, hey, you guys should wrestle. And we would just wrestle and it was normal, <laughs> you know, it's just normal for boys to just wrestle each other outside, you know, very <laughs> like playing baseball in America. And then when, when do you advance to the level of working out twice a day, five times a week? It just, it depends on your level. I don't know if the age group, you know, once you start making the cadet team, junior team, just depends on how well you're growing. And one thing they would do too, is they get the junior guys wrestle a lot with the open guys. I remember when you're, you're an upcoming prospect, they would just keep moving you up quickly to wrestle with those guys. Because you were on the cadet world team in 95, right? In 95, yeah. Yeah, so it was a fun, fun experience. I traveled from here to, uh, to Budapest by myself and met the Armenian te- team there. It was a fun experience. Now, when the... When you're on the uh, the senior team, do they all live at a central place and train, or do they still live in their own clubs? They st- they live at home, but they're usually the club you go to is the one that's closest to your house. You know, so it's you know there's like four, I think four or five clubs. I think it's the Dinamo is the one that's military based. There's one called the Reserve, and there's a few other ones I can't remember off the top of my head. You just go to one of those clubs, and they all have great coaches. Wow. Grew up grew up in that system. The coaching, the difference in coaching and the uh, the former Soviet Union republics versus the United States is that it seems like coaching is a highly respected skill there, and it's a trade, and it's not just a random volunteer. Right. So in America, you would take, let's say, Division uh, Two coach or Division One coach, NAIA coach. So those guys are really respected, right? The head coaches, you're, mm-hmm. they're very established in their uh, as far as their wrestling career on their own and what they've accomplished prior to getting there. Uh, so that's pretty much what every coach is like over there. We don't have just a small club that opened up his garage and, and is doing this, which it, it's great. You know, the, we, we have to do that in America because we have so many high school teams. We, have so, we just don't have enough coaches and we need more coaches. But over there, it's just a completely different system. You want to be, if you have a coaching job, you have a great career. Wow. So could you go over there now and open your own club and fund it by people paying or would they shut that down? No, I can't do that because I don't have a couple world medals. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's okay. the kind of level guys that are just, doing that. Just so. high, high level, real masters yep. of the sport. Yep, exactly. And they go, they all get their degree. So they're all college educated. They get their degree in you know, masters in sports or some kind of uh, nutrition. You know, so they're all, all very versed on being a coach. And one of the things I wanted to ask you, what is the view of Greco versus freestyle there? Is it the same level of, you know, because you're in the United States, it's obviously a freestyle country. Right. Is there a difference in Armenia or is, are they both the same? No, they're both the same. We've had Olympic medalists, world champions in both, both styles. So got it. Yeah. That doesn't matter. They're both, they're both equally as respected. Okay. And how, so let's start from, so how'd you get to the United States? What's your story here? Um, my parents just, we moved right around when um, Russia broke up, the Republic separated, and um, just a better opportunity for my family. You know, 
parents. Um, dad was, my mom and my dad were really unselfish people and moved us to a better country so we can have better opportunities. And could you speak English when you first came? Uh, nope, I did not. went to junior high without speaking any English. We only had one Armenian kid in my class, oh. but not in my class, in my school. So yeah, I didn't make a lot of friends at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> how did you, how did you process that though? And how did you, how did you find your way through? You just, you know, you get by and you put in situations, you, you figure things out and, and you learn quick. My learning curve was really fast because I went to, to high school there or I went to junior high there. I just had to learn, you know, and when you go to wrestling practice afterwards, you have to learn. I didn't have a lot of choice. So I had, um, I didn't really read to, to write and read in English till I was in high school. Or just the the area we lived in, LA district, the school system, we, we just, they couldn't afford to have a specific teacher teach me that, you know, our classes were full. Yeah. How was your transition to folk style? Was it surprising to you? Um, it was, diff- it was difficult. Yeah. It was really difficult. My first, uh, one of the first times I've ever saw folk style wrestling, my dad drove me, lived in LA, which he drove me to San Diego and I've never seen collegiate wrestling. I don't understand what it is. So here's two foreign kid in a small gym, two foreign people in a small gym. You know, we hardly speak English. So we obviously stuck out my first match. I got a takedown somehow. It was out of bounds. The guy comes back in the middle, gets in the referee's position and he stands up on me. So I, it's like, this is a gift from God. I locked my hands back, arched them, and it was a collegiate tournament. So everybody starts yelling at me. They're saying things. I don't know what they're saying. I don't know why they're mad. I'm like, that was a great throw. <laughs> so, uh, oh. so, and as it goes on and they can't explain to me things. Anyways, uh, some of the people that were at the, in that gym, uh, I still see him. I still talk to them. They talk about the story. It's just really funny experience. They try to gut wrench a guy, and I'm like, man, Americans really suck at this wrestling thing. <laughs> just let me throw him <laughs> over my head. Uh, so it was a, a fun, fun experience to go through it with my dad. But uh, obviously, I had a really good high school coach, John Azevedo, and he kind of you know, changed my life in, in a lot of ways uh, for the better. And yeah, that's how I got my collegiate wrestling started. Yeah, John Azevedo. Uh, you know, I had um, oh my god, the name's escaping right now. Um, Joe Gonzalez on recently, and yeah. he went to Cal State Bakersfield with Azevedo, I believe, right? But at yep, the same time, yeah, they were teammates. They Division the two animals just coming in and wrecking the D one guys like it was nothing back in the day, yeah. man. Yeah. Tell me about tell me about John Azevedo though. I don't I don't know anything about him other than that he was a hell of a wrestler. So how how did he influence your life? Um, he, John's a really devoted Christian Christian man. So it's the, it's one of the biggest things that he gave me. But just overall, being part of an immigrant family, I had a tore my ACL my sophomore year in high school, and we didn't couldn't we didn't have insurance. The medical wouldn't pay for it, and basically did a fundraising thing and had my knee fixed before my senior year and it just it's just one of the million examples i can give that he's helped me with just throughout my career there wow you know my parents were i have great parents but there's just certain things in a new country they're not able to do or, or explain to me and he just kind of took that role on and and um helped me helped me a lot not, not just me but, you know all of my teammates you know every person we wouldn't have a teammate that's walked away from but being under John for a year and 
could say anything negative. And just really cared, really hardworking guy, just super um, unselfish with everything he did. So he literally helped fundraise to get your knee repaired. That's incredible. Yep. Yeah, I talked to the doctor, the same doctor that actually did a surgery on him and Joe Gonzalez. Um, yeah, I gave him a discount and he did some, you know, I wrestled two years with torn ACL my sophomore, my junior year. So it just took away a lot. Finally, my senior year, we just couldn't afford that kind of money to do it. So what? So you just said, I'm going with it. I mean, did you ever get used to the pain or was it always? You just get, every- yeah, you, you definitely get used to it. You know, you, you, you trill a little different. You, you, you wrestle different. Obviously you couldn't, it's not the same training. Couldn't run. You couldn't push yourself in certain ways, but you just, you get used to it. My God, you're an animal, dude. You're that's the, that's might be the toughest thing I've, I've heard in a while. Um, and so did you just happen to, move and live next to Calvary Chapel or did you go there on purpose? No, we went to, there's a club called SoCal Kids and we moved to that area and it's in Orange County. So moved there, we were driving from LA to SoCal Kids, about a 45 minute drive and it just wasn't working out. So moved to that area. And then my freshman year, I went to Brethren Christian High School. And uh, my uh, after that, I transferred to Calvary Chapel. Man, I mean, talk about the tradition of that program. Uh, I, I mean, obviously, multiple time state champions, but what was the status of the program when you were going through it? My three years there, we won, we won a state title, 95, 96, 96, 97, 98. Yeah, I think the year 97 year, we, we were ranked number one in the country for a night. So it was, a, it was an awesome program. Yeah, it was awesome. We flew to Ironman, Russell West, Chesswood in a duel. And Welsh Jesuit was ranked number one in the country. So we beat him in the duel. And then the next day at uh, Ironman, we took fifth. St. Ed's won. They needed to kill everybody by 30, 40 points. But I mean, some of the guys on those teams were, you know, it, <laughs> they're wrestling legends now. So, so like Sony Marchetti, Joe Heskett, was yep. he on that team? Yep, Joe Heskett was on that team. Um, uh, the guy that wrestled in Indiana, Victor uh, is a three-time All-American for Indiana. Okay. Yeah. Those Jesuit teams, I don't know a lot about them. I'm, I'm from Chicago or from Illinois, but I live in Chicago now. But obviously, I mean, they talk about those Walsh Jesuit teams as being like the bad boys of wrestling, and they were mean. And like yeah. Sony Marchetti is one name. Everyone says that guy was a man child. But I mean, there was a ton of guys on that team that were just lights out. Yeah, Sony Marchetti. I ended up, I went to Lassen Junior College for a semester. So Sonny was my teammate. I worked out with him a lot. He's a fantastic technician. He, he was a mean, aggressive competitor, but he's a great technician too. He's a really good technician. They had some good coaches. Um, Russell Joe Heskett in, uh, in semifinals or quarterfinals of Ironman. I don't remember when, but he cradled me standing up. So it's kind of a... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, I guess he cradled everybody, right? So, yeah, I, yeah. Was T.J. Williams at Lassen or Tony Davis at Lassen? They, they just graduated when I was there. Okay. Just graduated. Yeah, and then uh, Brock Lesnar was there the semester too, right? Right when I got there. How did you end up wrestling for Coach Keesaw then? If you went to Lassen, uh, I was there for a semester, and then I moved back to closer to my parents. Yeah, so it was, I didn't wrestle. I wrestled a couple open tournaments for last, and then I moved to moved to Moore Park, closer to being home. Got it. Okay. And so, uh, 
and I've, I've probably said this about 20 times in the show, but in California, they have a, a really unique thing where all the JUCOs are in their own league. They wrestle in the fall. They don't compete at the nationals. So you won what's called a state title there. Um, yep. And then Michigan State. Yeah, I did not see that coming when I was doing my research. Where did the dream to wrestle in the Big Ten start for you? You know, I don't know. Even myself, even at that time, it was still kind of, I didn't know, I didn't understand Big Ten Conference or Big 12 or, you know, and, you know, just still getting to know the American culture, what that really means. Um, in junior college, it just got, uh, after the state tournament, I guess, started getting recruited pretty heavily. And um, I went to, you know, Joe Heskett, I was friends with him. I went to Iowa State, went to Oregon State, Iowa State, Fresno. Fullerton and uh, Michigan State was my last trip. I kind of was set on going to Iowa State. You know, I thought uh, Joe Heskett was going to move up to 74s or, you know, and there was Sanderson, me and then Joe Heskett and then Sanderson. So I kind of thought it was a really cool, it's kind of a dream come true to be there. And then I ended up my last trip that Michigan State already bought my ticket. So I flew out there and met Dave Dean, met uh, a guy named uh, Nick Fichetti, uh, he's I've known him before, but anyways, just spent some time with him. Gray Maynard was at, he was out of Nevada at first, and I spent a lot of time with him at different camps. So just being around those guys, it just felt right, you know. And, and Dave, with the whole pro- recruiting process with him, it just felt comfortable, and, and everything felt right. So, plus it helps that Minko was the Greco coach in '92, and you got Greco roots. Exactly, exactly. So D- I've heard you say that Dave Dean, uh, well. Azevedo and Dave Dean are you know life-changing people for you. I'm sure there's a long list, but yeah, well, Paul Kisa definitely belongs in that list, of course. Absolutely. So I've actually never spoke with uh, Dave Dean. I've heard um, I've had Gabe on twice. I've heard Brian Piccolo talk about him, um, almost like a godlike figure. What yeah. what is it about this guy that is so influential, and what brought you there? If you can put it in words. It, it's really hard to describe the the reason I went there. It, that's you know, it just felt right. I guess I can't put mm-hmm. those in words, but to describe Dave with his personality, I'd say the biggest thing is just so consistent in his life. You know, he just hasn't changed. You know, just the same person that recruited me, and he just constantly consistent. Everything he does is just the same way. You know it's going to be he's you know in business world he's a risk taker he's aggressive doing that stuff but as far as uh, uh, relationship with people it's extremely consistent you just know how coach dean's going to be you know how it is and he, he just has a different you know he breaks down every every problem you'll have in front of you he can break it down and make it look like oh that's the easiest thing to go and accomplish <laughs> You know, so he could relate everything you do. He relates it back to a wrestling match or a wrestling practice or be one time you weren't on a shot, you barely finished. He can relate anything to that and make it where, yeah, that makes sense. I can go do this. <laughs> it's, it's really hard to describe him. It, it's just say his biggest thing is he's always consistent. You know, it's uh, uh, talking about him, you know, doing business with him, people that, oh, well, we might have to have a country. We might have to do this. It's like, I, I don't know, you know, he, just how consistent he is. It's what makes him, makes him uh, stand apart from people. How often do you talk about Brian Piccolo while you were there? Uh, we talked about him a lot. There was a poster of him in, uh, in the, 
in the assistant coach's office. I love that story. One of my favorite stories. uh, I get a lot of people messaging me, not a lot, maybe a couple of week, but wrestlers who say, Hey, I never placed in high school. I want to get onto the next level and I'm not being recruited. And I just send them to the Brian Piccolo episode. I mean, it's a rarity, but it can happen. You know, whatever he did was incredible. And the one year at nationals, he lost in the first round and won like six or seven to play. So pretty incredible guy. Um, And so that's kind of, go ahead. So if you had a teammate like that at Michigan State, he was, ended up not being All-American, but he was a match away twice. His name is uh, John Wechter, who's a 97-pounder, and he went on to uh, win the U.S. Nationals in Greco, but he never qualified to a state uh, tournament in Michigan. And wow. not only that, while he was doing all that stuff, he's, he's a doctor. He became a doctor in Michigan State. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty, pretty impressive uh, resume. Absolutely. Now, now you've, uh, so you had a long coaching career that we're going to skip over for the minute moment, but you went back and you coached at Calvary Chapel for her five, six years as the head coach. You coached at Cal Baptist, um, coached at NAI a bit, but now you're working with a company called New Way. What is New Way and how did you end up there? So Dave Dean started a new way organization while I was in college. So I think my last year there, maybe my junior year, they were already doing small tournaments. We did one turn, I think it worked at the first tournament. It was at uh, Fallerville High School. I can't remember the specific details, but I remember carrying the mats up, worked at the first tournament. And basically Dave started the company and, it's just grown to be one of the biggest youth organizations in the country. So why, why would he start that versus just doing a USA wrestling tournament and using USA wrestling? You know, that's a question for, that'd be a good question for him. I know there was a few little issues, but just basically create more opportunities in, in state of Michigan for kids to wrestle. You know, so and that's that's what it started first. And also, he had an idea too, where at the beginning he was donating a lot of money to, to and he still does. He donated the, you know, it was one of the things to support college programs too. Mm-hmm. That was one of the reasons the company initially started. But the main thing was to give more opportunities, more wrestling tournaments, and USA Wrestling was doing all freestyle at that time. So he started wrestling collegiate. And honest, and from what I hear, it's that new way tournaments. So right now, if someone wanted to go to a new way tournament, um, there, there are tournaments all over the country, and it's more about the experience. And you guys hold them in like cool resorts. Is that fair to say? Right, we do. So it's all destination uh, tournaments. We have one coming up. Uh, we just did a big tournament in Gatlinburg, Tennessee. I'd never been there before. It's an awesome town. So families can go there and spend a lot of time. You know, the mom and the sister, if they don't want to be in the wrestling tournament, they can be out walking around and shopping, enjoying themselves, and they can look on track wrestling. He's going to be up in about 15 minutes, give or take. So they can go watch the match, and then they're out walking around instead of being at a gym all day waiting to know, you know, we, we don't have track wrestling. We don't know what's going to happen. So the way the events itself are organized and the locations of it makes it very attractive for families to go to it. Um, And we have the other thing that helps to grow our our company and and the company we're merging, we're we're, uh, partnering up with. You have, uh, we do a dual dual system and then we also do an individual tournament. So in an average weekend, we have kids wrestling 
15, 16 matches. So they're, you know, they get six, seven matches in, a, wow. in, in duels, and then they'll get another seven, eight in an individual. So that's what people like that, you know, they don't have to go to a tournament every weekend and get three matches sitting in the bleachers all day, not knowing when they're up. They know exactly in the dual format that we guarantee five matches or whatever it is. So kids get a lot of, a lot of math time. And the best way to improve in wrestling is by wrestling more matches. Well, and like you said earlier, when you were in Armenia, you were doing three tournaments a year. I hear of kids now doing a hundred tournaments a year. So three is too less or too few hundreds, probably too much. So with your strategy, you could do one tournament a month, but get in your 15 matches and then train the rest of the month. If you wanted to. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I'm not a big advocate of, you know, having kids at that age group cut weight or anything like that, but the, the way those tournaments are, it's, it's fun for kids to go out there and wrestle, you know, go out there and wrestle. Right now, depend on what state you live in, you can't go to practice. You know, your, your high schools are shut down, junior highs are shut down, you can't have a practice. So kids work out with their dad and go to tournaments. So that is part of their, their training, you know, and really. You know, so what's the, ne- what's the next uh, New Way tournament that's coming up? We are uh, going to be in Wisconsin uh, on the 5th. It's called the Yeti. It's in Dells, Wisconsin. So it's an awesome area with a lot of lakes, big tourism attraction there also. And uh, we have a Christmas party December 18. It's going to be there also. Beautiful. So tournament in Michigan. We had to move it to, to Wisconsin. Might have to shoot up there. I'm in Chicago. That's not too far. And plus, oh, uh, yeah, please, yeah, come down and join us. Well, and I think, uh, you know, people might be wondering why we're talking about New Way versus deep diving your career is, you know, we've we've assimilated somewhat of a, a loose partnership here. And, you know, we have some mutual friends. And so I wanted to get you guys on just to talk about what New Way is. Um, and for folks who are listening, it's spelled N-U-W-A-Y. And as we've talked about, it's a youth wrestling organization separate from usa wrestling completely separate um that that has their own approach and hey if the dean family's behind it i'm all about it right that's kind of how i think about these right. things right so what's your role with the company um i guess my t- uh just director of tournaments so what our tournaments i you know do a lot of the scheduling organizing helping people and just helping the tournaments go smoother but you know when in wrestling tournament business you do whatever whatever it takes to make the tournament run smoother you know one thing i'm taping the mats uh, next next meeting i'm you know if i'm using the restroom there's trash on the floor i'm picking it up whatever whatever it takes to make the tournament go smoother um, i hear you you're doing yeah. all things and it's it's something where if if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic would you guys be wrestling every weekend somewhere Yes, well, the schedule is. So it looks like we're gonna have about fifty-one events on our schedule for uh, for oh, this coming up year. Fifty-one. Fifty-one. Yep. And we're we're partnering. I should say partnering up. We're merging in with a company called RMN Rocky Mountain Nationals, yeah. and uh, basically both companies coming together. We're gonna go under national headquarters. That's what it's gonna be. HQ. And we're going to be helping each other, market each other's tournaments. We're going to be helping you know, with, with 51 events for us to travel, to have the same stuff on the road all the time. It becomes pretty, pretty impossible. So we're going to be kind of joining forces, helping each other and grow 
grow the tournament. One interesting thing with both of our companies, you know, during the epidemic, we were the you know new way we did a tournament. And the following weekend, RMN did a tournament, and uh, where uh, the the president um, of both companies, they're they're the ones who make the decisions. You know, we don't have a board where we have to look at it and wait to see what happens, how much the states open up. So. They're super aggressive with opening wrestling. You know, but during the pandemic, he wanted to get the tournament started. So we we went to. And there's a lot of homework that's gone behind the scene when we go to when we go to a new city to open the tournament. You go through the city hall, go through their health department, their government office. So a lot that has to be done, and and then they give you a bunch of lists. They give you all the rules that you have to follow, and we've done a good job. I'd say we've done a good job, a lot of conference to keep all those events running. And we followed every rule that they gave us. Some of the rules that we had to follow uh, made, made some of our customers, made some of the parents, coaches pretty upset. But the most important thing during this pandemic we're going through, all the kids got to wrestle. You know, they go to our tournament, tournament hasn't yet canceled. Every arena we've been to, we've been welcome to go back. So, it's it's great to be able to say we're we're helping wrestling grow even during an epidemic in America. Absolutely, I'm proud of our company for being able to do that. And you guys have just been pushing on through despite all the red tape. Yep, we've been we've been through some really tough tournaments. We did a new tournament in New Jersey, um, Atlantic City, and that was we had three different government officials coming in every day dressed up in suits. You know, making us change things, and uh, you know, we went through the tournament was outside. A rainstorm hit. We had to tear down everything, put it back together. So we've been through uh, been through a lot this summer. But consistency of just we're gonna go through it. We're gonna follow all the rules they give us, and we're gonna provide wrestling tournaments for the people. Hey, and that's that's doing the Lord's work right there. I know a lot of parents appreciate it, and um, I just think it's a cool approach. To, to, to youth wrestling. Now, is it fair to say that a lot of the wrestlers in the new way events, are they novice wrestlers or is that, is that not accurate? No, we have kids from uh, seven under to high school kids. Okay. Yeah. Obviously we get less high school kids during the wrestling season, but yeah, youth all the way to high school. Now, when are we doing a new way tournament in Armenia? Let's, let's get something going. Love, there. <laughs> I would love to. Absolutely would love to. Yeah, hopefully with this whole pandemic open, uh, freeze up. Uh, there's a bunch of great states that we like to go. I, yeah, I live in California. I like to do some new way events here in California, but it doesn't seem like it's going to happen soon. I got to tell you, Chicago is a wrestling hotbed. Uh, big USAW state, but I think we, uh, you know, we, I know a lot of people here. We'd love to get you guys in, but Illinois is super locked down as well. I was going to say, you guys should get out to like Texas or something. They're, they're doing everything out there, right? Yeah, they <laughs> are. They are Tennessee. So it's the same way they opened it up. We should like to get into uh, Texas. We had a guy Metzger came into our tournament in Shawnee, Oklahoma, which is about uh, three hours from where he lives in Texas. And he's a big wrestling fan. So he talked about, you know, we're going to, probably uh, jump in board with him and do, do a tournament up there. Beautiful. That's awesome. So is the website just newway.com, newway wrestle? It's newway.com. And we're also, we're transferring into uh, national headquarters soon. So, so is that going to be the new name of the company, national headquarters, national headquarters, right? It'll be kind of a joint, um, joint companies with the RMN. 
So, Got it. Beautiful, yeah. man. Beautiful. Well, thank you. Uh, one, one more thing. I know this is a lot of wrestling people watching this, but we are launching our first uh, jujitsu tournament. Yes. Anyway, so we are adding jujitsu to New Way, and our first one will be with uh, Christmas party in Dells, Wisconsin. So the same format that we're doing for youth wrestling, you know, creating, making sure the kids get a lot of matches, um, making it a fun, friendly environment for the families. We'll be doing the same thing for jujitsu. That is so smart. I don't know why it's taken so long, someone so long to do that because the crossover is, you would think the crossover is really high, right? Because jujitsu is more of a sport for adults. I would think, I would think they're, I mean, every time I go to a jujitsu gym, it's just adults and they're rolling, but a lot of them wrestled, right? So why not get their kids involved in that? Um, and are you guys going to be doing jujitsu tournaments one day and like wrestling the next so you can do both days? Absolutely. So there's a lot of, a lot of kids that are doing wrestling, they're doing jujitsu and parents, they want to make them into, you know, MMA fighters too. And, you know, so we're going to have it where kids can do both styles of it. And a lot of parents go to, you know, a lot of ex wrestlers go to uh, their local jujitsu gym to work out with them. They're wrestling. It's, it's so hard after, you know, after you're 30, yeah. just drilling is hard. I mean, we, they pick you up, throw you on the ground where jujitsu is more, you know, you're more relaxed. There's a different strategy to it. You know, you really technical, very sneaky, what the stuff you do. So a lot of the older guys, the dads that have their kids at our tournaments, they're also participating in jujitsu, you know, so they could wrestle, they can compete in our tournaments, you know, and so we're going to, yeah, I'm excited. And we just hired a guy. Uh, that's going to be charge of our jujitsu. He's a black belt. His name is Mike Williams. He's going to do do great for us. He's out of California. That makes sense that the dads can compete too, because totally off topic, but my brother used to race dirt bikes and at the dirt bike races, they have a classes for adults and for kids. And so a lot of father sons would be racing at the same kind of thing, you know? So if you're doing jujitsu, I don't know if it's going to be adult tournaments too, or just kids, but um, it's going to be both adults and kids tournaments for jujitsu. Love it. Love it. A lot of exciting stuff happening. Anything else uh, going on uh, with the companies that you wanted to share that that's on the, on the mind that we can get out to the listeners here? No, I think one, the big thing, people part of, uh, coming to our tournaments, you know, and we had a, we had a few events, people, uh, things are going great. We're running the events and be like, well, last year when we did this event, it wasn't like this. It wasn't four days long. You know, last year there was so much easier uh, like for the parents to know and the coaches to know, yes, it was a lot easier last year without COVID. You know, we're going through COVID. Duh. <laughs> and, and I know it's as obvious as, as duh, but we're, we're have to, we're implementing things that we don't want to. We don't necessarily you know, believe that you have to have a face mask here. You know, it should be your choice, but we have to force people to do it. You know, we yeah. absolutely have to force people so all the extra rules that they see, it's not because we want to be difficult and implement it on them. Is we going to force it and we're going to stick to it. We're going to be really strict so we can keep wrestling alive, so we can keep having tournaments and not getting shut down. Yeah, I mean, no one in their right mind wants to enforce these things. It's not fun yeah. for you guys to do it. You just want to yeah. wrestle. Exactly. We, I mean, we don't we have a tournament. We only let three pair, you know, one athlete three people enter the tournament with them. And then people are like, why? That's, you know, last year we had a whole family. Yes, I know last year we didn't have COVID. So just so many little things that we have to do, you know, that's not convenient for people. And I understand why people are upset about it, but 
it's not up to us. It's not something we want to implement to be difficult for our customers, our wrestlers, our parents. It's just, we have to do those things to keep wrestling alive. Love it. Hey, last thing I'll ask you about Arson is I'm sure you're close with Gabe Dean, right? Just knowing the family. What'd you think about the match with David Taylor last week? He was right Uh, on him. I absolutely loved it. I got to watch it with, uh, with, uh, Dave, um, uh, Gabe's mom, dad, and, and his sister, and my girlfriend in the hotel room watching the match. It was an awesome match. I think his the strategy that Gabe had the first round, the way he adjusted and not staying out of bounds, and the way he – David Taylor's not an easy guy to take down, especially with your head in the inside single leg. That was, that was a great match. I'm excited to see what happens in his second match with him. Are they wrestling again, or are they I, might? I, so. I think I – think, you know, I haven't talked to Gabe since the match, but I'm going to guess after that kind of performance, you know, he's not far from no. being one of the best, you know, obviously he's one of the best guys in the, in the world. David Taylor didn't have a close match like that in world championships. So that was <laughs> pretty amazing. And, you know, Gabe only has really been back at this in that competitive mindset since you know, the fall, maybe, maybe he was thinking about wrestling in the summer. I don't know, but he hasn't been on that level training i mean he's been wrestling as a coach but it's just a different thing and he's right there yeah but the new rules push out and all that stuff you know the freestyle rules change every year so he's only had five six matches with open nationals and this so i can't imagine the 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 changes he'll make the adjustments he'll make what 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 he's going to be like come to to the trials so and he's committed to tokyo from what i hear yeah he's pretty strong i haven't wrestled with him since he was five so i don't want to wrestle him now <laughs> <laughs> well like you said man that first period it, there wasn't a lot of action but it looked like david was maybe controlling the pace but then the second period within a minute he was in on the legs twice and that second time he was close to scoring real right. close yeah you, well yeah you get if it was a little thing reach back grab that wrist or a little roll through he's he wins the match you know yeah a few few seconds away but yeah the adjustments he made he made from first period to second, it was really impressive. And Max looked good too. I mean, just the deans in general look like insanely strong, just thick yeah. dudes. They look, they both look jacked in that in that uh, dual meet last week. Yeah, they do. They got a good weightlifting coach too. The guy's name is Dan Flanick. He actually works with us too now. Um, he so he does. He helps them a lot with their weight training. But their dad too, really good genes. Their dad in college, I remember he would wrestle with us a lot and just beat everybody up <laughs> real, real strong a super nice guy but sometimes you think you're like does he like me does he want to kill me <laughs> why is he wrestling so hard <laughs> i wonder how much jay robinson influenced dave dean because they were all together one year yeah uh a lot dave talks about jay robinson a lot he talks about um jim zaleski a lot too. My my old boss's brother, and Lenny was my boss at Cal Baptist, and Jim Zaleski's brother. Dave talks a lot about both those guys, Jay Robinson and Jim Zaleski, what they've done for him. And did Jim coach at Minnesota? Jim coach at Minnesota. I yep. didn't know that. Oh, so he yep. left Iowa, then came back. Yep, yep. He went to Iowa, and that's really during those years when Minnesota took a big, big jump. Yeah, it went from a decent program to one of the best programs in the country. And honestly, people say in the 80s that um, once, well, Jay Robinson was a big technique guy, but people say that Zaleski, you know, once he was done wrestling, like he was just a, a master technician in the Iowa room and he was the one teaching a lot of the technique. 
Yeah, both brothers are amazing technician, amazing technician, and he is competitive too. Uh, Lenny never really talks about his wrestling career like I've done this or done that, but I hear a lot from Dave talking about Jim. I was just so fiercely competitive, just so mean. Mm. Watch some of the matches, you could see it. That's good pedigree, man. So you're yeah. you're right under that tree, and you've I mean you've worked. Look at the guys you've worked with, and that's what's so great about wrestling. You've got to rub elbows with Azevedo, uh, the Dean family. You know you you know. Um, Cole Coach Kisa. Minkle, Coach, yeah, Kisa. Yeah. I mean, it's just incredible the people you've been in contact with because of wrestling. Yeah, I've been very blessed with the type of coaches I had. I think from you know, from high school all the way to college, all my coaches were level of being an Olympic coaches. You know, some of them were as a John Azevedo, you know, world uh, as fourth in worlds Olympian, three time NCAA finalist, my high school coach. So you've you know been really blessed to to be in that position. Well, I, I'm blessed to have this conversation with you and for you to take the time. I know you're you're someone who's normally on the road a lot, but hopefully you're able to spend some time with the family. And, you know, I'm just excited to, you know, whenever you guys have events, let me know. I'll I'll, I'll share the word with the with the folks listening here. And I'm, I'm a big believer in the Dean family, man. So however I can help you, please let me know. Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate what you've done with, for wrestling, too, with this podcast. I know you had some really great guests on it and really enjoy listening to you. So thank you. And I, I had no idea that we were had Cobb Baptist in common. So yeah, great. that's a that's a short chapter of my life. But yeah, that was uh it was the first time I had In and Out. And man, I to this day I could eat when I go to In and Out, I get a triple triple. But there were times in college where I would get a triple and a and a double and put down oh, five patties. Yeah. I In and Out to this day <laughs> really is the best good. fast food <laughs> in the world. <laughs> so yeah. good. Well, if you get a chance, go visit Cal Baptist now. It has completely changed from what he remembers, completely changed from the time I got there. So let a shout out to Cal Baptist Wrestling. And Absolutely. And shout out to a gentleman, Enoch Francois. Do you know right. him? Yep, of course. <laughs> when I was there, he was a, he was a senior. And man, I, I never met someone who was one just so good, but yeah. so positive, like just a positive guy. You know, I mean... <laughs> I love Enoch. So if you're listening out there, my friend, I think he's in Florida now. Yeah. Uh, mad respect to Enoch Francois. Great. You see well, a picture thanks. of that. You see a picture of that guy. You're gonna feel bad about yourself. Yeah, he's <laughs> carved out. He's carved out. He's <laughs> you will not. You won't look at yourself the same after that for at least a yeah. week. You uh, won't go to in and out afterwards. No. God, no. <laughs> well, no, man, it's been a pleasure, Arson. I know we'll talk again, my friend. You have a great day, brother. Thank you, Ryan. Likewise. Thanks Take again. Care. And all great things must come to an end. If you want to hear more from the podcast, text WRESTLE to 555-888. That's WRESTLE to 555-888. You can also find us on Instagram, Wrestling Changed My Life, Twitter, Ryan underscore N underscore Warner, as well as our website, WrestlingChangedMyLife.com. Take care, y'all.